if they can have someone put out a little piece of content that's going to get people angry, it's going to blow up because you're going to have the people that support it that are going to amplify it, but more so you're going to have the people that disagree with it actually amplify it way more um, because they're going to use it and spread it and talk about how horrible it is. And, and it just, again, it washes out any attempt at having real... Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Ah, it's it's Friday afternoon this time. We're we're, we're recording on a Friday right now. Um, been a nice day. Um, so we're planning a big clean out of the garage tomorrow. Just like it's just it, it's time to get in there and just really go in with a heavy hand and really ask ourselves like some of the stuff in there. Do we need it? Why are we holding on to it if we don't? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this morning got up, got some, some stuff done and then went out and did like some preemptive stuff, stuff that I know we could just get rid of Yeah, and just, you know, started tossing stuff and it, it, it feels good. Yeah. It feels good a, to let go. That is a, that is a very, uh, good project for the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has, it, it's just, you know, everybody with kids knows this, like, you know, when we're <laughs> learning it firsthand the the stuff just starts to multiply mm-hmm. um and 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 it's uh and not only does it multiply but it has this uh it has this effect where it sprawls mm-hmm. it's not just multiplied in one space it sprawls everywhere well and that's the thing is it's, it's been something i've really been pressing to do because it's sprawled into the basement so you know, like we, we, we've talked about over the last year and a half, like people with like the really manicured and well-presented backgrounds mm-hmm. and how that's not necessarily the truth of, mm-hmm. of, of home life and whatnot right over there. <laughs> there's a whole pile of crap we got to go through tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good times. And you guys are uh, dodging the storms for the most part. I mean, we, we got a lot of rain where we're at, but like yeah. we were in one of the places that didn't get, didn't get hit too bad. Okay. You know, we just got a lot of rain, some wind. We yeah. didn't get any other tornadoes and we're not in a floodplain. So we made out really, really well. So okay, there's video floating around. I'll have to send it to you of the Vine, Spree, Vine Street Expressway that goes through Philadelphia and how it is a swimming pool at the moment. It's mm. at least 12 Wait, feet of that, water. Is that the one where the guy's jumping off the overpass? Yep. And I saw it. Yeah, so you saw that. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's the same one. I've seen another shot of another angle. I, I of, can of t- I can I can hear his mom saying, Don't jump into that water. You don't know what's down there. You don't like, you couldn't pay me any amount of money no. to jump into that water. No. Uh, and he not knows just what's with, in that water, like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, but like because the way that highway is 
organized like or the way it's it's set is that's easily 12 feet of water mm. right there that's how deep that is that's crazy and so does it like go down like those berms on the side kind of go down yes. into some exactly okay. yeah there's parts of it yeah where you have the berms and it's lower than yeah. some of the other street levels. okay crazy it's nuts yeah. it's nuts so yeah, fortunately we we made out okay. We didn't lose power. We come to find out like yesterday that my sister had lost power the night before, and then she and my brother in law had gone out and bought a generator. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell us? We could have maybe come and helped or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, just just craziness at the moment. Yeah, but but fortunately we yeah we we weathered it okay. Okay, good, good, good. How about you? What's what's going on? uh pretty chill right now so it's it's uh it's good i'm uh just before this i was making a shopping list i like to cook on the weekend so i don't do much cooking well i do a lot of cooking during the week but not my own if if that's uh, a fair way to describe it gotcha so one of my uh working from home life hacks is it is incredibly time-saving and money-saving to uh, subscribe to uh, a meal kit vendor, HelloFresh or chef, uh, Home Chef or, or what have you. Um, it just, it's made, it makes it so nice because, you know, we we get rushed during the week and we don't really think about, I don't have time to go make a full-blown meal. So if you don't, then you either, either just throw something together that's not so healthy or what was happening is, oh, let's just run through a drive through and get some fast food. And it makes you feel slow and sluggish and it is incredibly expensive. So, you know, when you look at a membership to say a HelloFresh, like, wow, this is really expensive. It's like, okay, well, just add that up to what you're spending on going out to get fast food. And then put on top of it just how much more efficient it is. Um, it, at least for me, it just it made a ton, a ton of sense uh, during the week to have that as an option. That the the food bills went down actually. Or, I mean, spending a ton on fast food, and it just feels better. So I do that during the week, and but I really love to do like from scratch cooking. Um, on the weekend. So I was just kind of thinking through what I want to make and I uh, was putting together a shopping list. So, so what's on the menu? Well, uh, one of my friends wants me to make, um, he's like, here are the ingredients. You figure out how you put it together. He's like, I want you to make scrambled eggs, but I want you to incorporate homemade pesto, uh, mozzarella pearls. Um, and I think there may have been one other ingredient he wanted me to include. And he's like, you figure out something good to make out of it. So, so, so this is like your own personal version of chopped. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of <laughs> like it. I, I love, I love like looking in the pantry and seeing, okay, limit myself to this and seeing if I can come up with something fun. Um, but now a lot of my friends have started doing that where they'll just like, okay, here's a list of ingredients. Like what can you put together? And I'll, and I'll kind of try to put something together. So that's one of the things that uh, I'm going to try to do something with scrambled eggs and pesto and mozzarella pearls. Um, so that that's on the agenda. And then Hila just right before we jumped on, uh, sent me a TikTok uh, of this guy making these um, sushi uh, fried sushi rice squares. 
that you then top like whatever your sushi toppings are on top of it. So he got sushi rice, fried it, he fried it in an air fryer, a couple slices of avocado, and then some tuna or salmon on top of that. Oh, so good. I think I'm going to try to do that as well. So oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And I've been on a bread kick as, as late as of late as well. So I think uh, I may end up the, the most popular thing with the kids that I make is the hoagie rolls. So uh, I'll probably be making another batch of hoagie rolls as well. Nice. Oh, that sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah. So it should be good. Uh, you have uh, so long weekend um, coming up for when we're recording this, you, uh, you have long weekend plans. Uh, yeah. So we've got, you know, we're going to dig into the garage tomorrow. So my mother-in-law is going to come over and, um, keep an eye on the kiddo upstairs while we both get into the garage. And like, I want to, I want to get stuff out. I need to, we need to clean it out. We need to reorganize it. So, uh was and this is and this week. has been this has been your place for quite a while right so you've probably uh, collected seven years yeah you've probably collected a lot of stuff yeah I, I moved into here before we got married yeah and then so i brought all my stuff with me and then yeah my wife brought her stuff when we got married and now that we've got the kiddo the stuff is multiplying so one of the things she did two weeks ago and she'd been prepping it for a while there's the thing, and I don't know if it's regional or or broader than that, but at least I know in this area, they, they call it the just between friends sale. And they have it um they have it a couple different locations, but they have it seasonally. And what it is is like you bring your baby stuff, mainly clothes. And they want like the stuff, the stuff that's not been through multiple kids, but like the stuff that's gently lightly gently loved lightly used gently loved is a nicer term i guess yes yeah this stuff that's not threadbare you know the stuff that hasn't been put through the ringer stuff that's clean and and whatnot and it's a consignment sale is what it is so you you organize your stuff and you consign it and but we got rid of a lot of stuff and it's not just getting rid of it like we got rid of the bouncy seat which was taking up a lot of space. We got rid of a bunch of other big things. Uh, this one thing for the yard, it's like an outdoor playpen thing that he used twice and screamed his head off both times. That's just been sitting in the garage. We got, you know, we were able to sell that and then a bunch of the baby clothes. And then she bought new clothes for him for this coming fall and winter and stuff. And she made out like a bandit. So that's been a lot of work that's been going into that and organizing that and, and, whatnot so now it's what else is in there what could what do we want to donate what do we want to see if friends want or what is just stuff that has followed us from place to place to place that you know maybe it's not in condition to donate and we just get rid of um so that's my long way that's then my sister's having a barbecue on sunday Mm. and then so we're going to go to that and see my family and then sunday night we're going to head to the shore Nice. And um, I'm taking a couple extra days off. So I am looking forward to, I've always wanted to do this. And it's funny looking back now, you know, I don't know why I didn't do this before, you know, mm-hmm. now granted the last couple of years with JP and you know my wife being a teacher, but I'm thinking like years before this, I'm going to go sit on the beach the day after Labor Day when the crowds have gone, and, you know, the crowds drop easily 70 to 80% you know, with everyone going home on Labor Day. 
the the season is is over. I've always wanted to do this. I don't know why I've never done, but I'm excited for it. Like it's kind of I'm 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 looking forward to being on a beach. It's still gonna be warm. It's still gonna be nice. Let the kiddo run around and no crowds. You know, you and yeah. I have talked a lot about going to places when people aren't there, and that's my, my plan. My favorite, so. ma'am. Off season travel is my absolute favorite. Like I've got plans for this September. Yeah. Um. So I am running a half marathon at the shore at the end of September. Uh, so I've been training for for that. But the packet pickup, you, the packet pickup is that you know that's that's going to be on Sunday. Packet pickup is Friday and Saturday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to heat up in the morning, Friday morning. And I told you I'm go- I wanted to do this for a while. Yeah. There's a little coffee shop on the boardwalk. I'm going to go down, pick up, uh, pick up my packet at nine or ten a.m. whenever they open, and then I am going to go work from the coffee shop. And I'm going to send you a picture of it. Awesome! I can't wait. Is that yeah. is that the same coffee shop that you sent me beans from, or a different one? Yes, same, same one. one. Okay. Yeah. They, they, that and it's the actual place they roast it. I'll send you the picture yeah. of the inside where you see all the equipment that they actually use. Awesome. Yeah. So can't wait to see I, I just like it's and this is going to get us into our topic today because we're going to continue talking about remote work. Yeah. Um and you know, we talked last week about like, you know, I asked the rhetorical question, is it for everybody? And spoiler alert, the answer is no. Yeah. And we kind of got into why and why people prefer one thing over another. Um, but I want to continue on the topic because it's, I don't know, there's been something in the last year where it's taken me a while, uh, to finally get comfortable with not being online nine to five. I still get my stuff done, but you know, like today I took two hours and jumped into the garage to get some stuff out. So it would just make our time tomorrow together. My wife and I together, more productive stuff. I knew I could just get out of the way now and i can't we did some work this morning did that for a little bit and then back here to wrap up before the long weekend um and i do i was thinking about it this morning i'm like you know even before i was married you know and i was working remote at the time why didn't i go down to the beach in september take a friday and just go down and sit on the beach in in september yeah I mean, I think that's the, the the biggest story is that, and and it's so funny because when you talk to managers, it's their their biggest fear that people at home are are not going to be working during the day, and and in fact, it's it's quite the opposite. We have all this flexibility and autonomy, and we sit in here on our butts all day long. During the day. They're like, we are we're here all day long. So it it is something that we've talked about trying to get away from and making sure that we're, we're taking advantage of this opportunity because it's, it's a huge reason why we built the company. And it's a huge reason why we attracted people like you to the company is that we wanted to have the autonomy to be able to work when it made sense for us to work. But, um, you know, we've, we've all been working so long and whether we want to call it muscle memory or we've been brainwashed into a way of thinking Getting outside of that mold that while well, you work between these set hours is so incredibly difficult. It's just hard. You know, we've even doing this for so many years now, there's still times where it's like, wait a minute, why am I not taking advantage of this time? I don't need to be sitting here right now. But but we do. And so it, it's definitely a, a challenge. Um, and it's and it's also an interesting one because we're so bought into it that 
there are there is a good cohort of people that think that anything outside of that is toxic. In fact, I really wish I would have had this uh, tweet up in front of me, I, and I'll go see if I can find it. But yesterday there was a tweet that made its way into my feed talking about um, if your employer allows you to work remote and you work any hours outside of like eight to five, it's a toxic work environment. You, you work is between eight and five, and I'm like, what is this like? I rarely work between eight and five. You know, I think that's the beauty of what I do. Like for me, I don't do much work two to four in the afternoon. I just don't like, I, I take it off. I go sit on the, the back porch, just kind of hang out, maybe go for a walk. I get a ton of work done seven to eight thirty, nine in the morning. Um, and there's some days where I take the whole afternoon off and I'll call it a day or some, some days I take the whole afternoon off and maybe come and, like last night, I, I took a call from nine to 10 last night. Um, I think that's the beauty of, of our setup is that we don't have to fit into this mold and we can pick and choose the hours and times and locations that we can do our best work. And maybe that's a crazy thought, but that's that's what I'm bought into. Yeah. And, you know, in it's one of those things like you mentioned brainwashing and I know that, you know, that, that that's an extreme term, but there is a level of that because there's this fear that, you know, if, if your coworkers aren't going to get upset that you're not readily available, you know, if you're say consulting, like we are, your clients are, I found sometimes just telling clients what I'm doing actually kind of freeze is, is a bit more freeing. If that, that, that's the, if that's the word I want to use, it's much more relaxing. Because you fear for like, oh man, they're going to get upset. They're expecting you to be at your desk. Most of them are like, no, dude, that's awesome. Go for it. So uh, yesterday morning, I spoke with with a prospect, uh, another business unit of a client that we're working with right now. And so I met with them, gathered some information. You and I caught up on it later. And I'm going to start putting together a proposal. But I sent them a message back last night. Um and they're a completely different time zone than me. But, you know, I sent them back a message saying um, different country as well. Um, but, you know, here's the situation. We caught up internally. I'm going to start putting a framework together to see what we could do working together. Um, just so you know, Monday's a holiday here and I'm taking a couple extra days off. So I'm probably not going to get back to you until the following week. Look for an update form, you know, from me then. You know, what do you think their answer was? That's amazing. That's okay. That's yeah. It was yeah. Cool. That's great. Enjoy yeah. your time off. We'll catch up with you in two weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, 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 I know, think. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was gonna say it's almost like we we put this imaginary pressure on, like, oh no 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 no, I can't tell them I'm out, or I can't tell them um it's gonna take me a week and a half to get a proposal back to them, because like they they're going to want it now. Yeah. And I'm gonna so. Um, we actually haven't even introduced the topic, but I want to ask you this <laughs> question first. Um, you know, in that case, like if they came back and said, no, we absolutely need something back next week. Is that someone you even want to work with? If this is the kind of flexibility you want? And I mean, it's more of just a rhetorical question. Yeah. And it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a bigger conversation, but I think you bring up a good point because we do use those types of conversations um, to help inform the type of work that we want to take on. And um, 
I think it's less about the need and more about how it's positioned, right? So if if a potential customer came back and said, um, hey, we're, our budget cycle's closing and we really want to work with you. And in order to make this happen, we have to have this submitted by Friday. Is there any way that we can be creative and work? And that they're being transparent with the process. That's one thing. If it's a we're going to demand and dictate how, how you do it. I think that's going to be indicative of how the relationship overall is, is going to work. And um, what I was going to say previously is that um, we're, we're, we're actually looking for companies that, to work with to understand that we're not staff augmentation. You know, we're not a, we're not a call center that's staffed between certain hours that we're solving very complex problems for them and they're enlightened enough to know that if Jim has good work-life balance, if he's taking time off to recharge, if he's walking away from his desk to think, that's going to benefit me because I'm going to get a much better product out of it. If Jim is like sitting in a cube farm and they're trying to crank hours out of him, I know I'm going to get a crappy product. Not everybody understands that, but very smart customers and clients absolutely understand that. And so... You know, when that resonates with the company that they understand that the balance that we're creating is beneficial for them, that's that's a customer we're looking for all day long. Yeah. And the same with yeah. employers, right? Like it's the same concept for an employer. Again, like the the brainwashed manager says, I have to have gym, I have to crank as many hours as I can out of gym. That's gonna make us successful. The enlightened manager says, I need to make sure Jim has things properly balanced because it doesn't matter how much work we crank out of him. It's how much quality work that creates value we crank out of him. And the more balanced and the better he feels, the higher value that output is. Mm -hmm. So, so getting into the, the topic for today, um, the question I have is, is why is remote work such a polarizing topic? You know, we, 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 you know, right now, like last week we got into the, the discussion around what works best for you. There's benefits of going into an office. There's benefits of working remotely. And then there's the benefits of having a little bit of both. It's all what, what, what works best for you to provide that quality output. But, you know, if we, if we dig specifically into remote work, because again, what we've been seeing is a lot of companies mandating you know, employees come back to the office and for a multitude of reasons, many are just saying flat out, no. Um, why is it, or at least let me rephrase this. Why is there the appearance of such a polarizing topic here? Uh, that, that, that there's people loud and yelling and screaming on both sides of it yeah. and demanding absolutes. That's the other thing, you know, demanding you are absolutely one or the other. I think there's a, a perfect storm of events happening here. And on one hand, which would be the pro uh, remote work crowd, and this tends to happen with lots of different movements, they become so fanatical in their beliefs that they become unbearable. And I can think of several people on Twitter that I followed in the early stages of remote work that I have flat out blocked and muted on Twitter because I can't stand them anymore because they become so uh, what's the religious term for it? Um, they become a zealot. 
Yeah. Right. And, and, and it's a major turnoff to people that are maybe not all in, maybe don't understand it, don't want to be told what to do. And so the, you know, it's unfortunate that social media, um, tends to highlight these types of individuals they get the most attention and they're the most polarizing and it's it's frustrating because they're out there um and they're just they're 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 very polarizing they're they're zealots i i like that word and in pushing their their beliefs and it's a huge turnoff to lots of people and so that alone i think is is a huge contributor to the problem and the one thing with people like that, they are, they, they attach their identity to whatever it is. When yes. you become a zealot like that, um, you attach your identity to it. So when you try to engage them, they don't want to have like a genuine conversation, a genuine intellectual debate about something. They just want to lob, you know, phrases back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they often talk down, uh, to, to people. And, um, in the end, if you say, well, I don't know if this is for me or it may not work for my organization, they often resort to personal attacks. Well, you're just an idiot. Then you're stupid because everyone's doing like, and so I think that that's a big part of it. The, the, the voices that are pro remote work, um, like again, with a lot of movements tend to be the ones that are most polarizing and, and tend to turn off a lot of people. Um, for them, they get what they want, which is attention. And it usually means they're hawking a book or software or something. Um, but it's unfortunate. Ooh, that's a good so- perspective. I, I, I didn't think of, of that, you know, that somebody, you know, and I should have, you know, everybody's yeah. got something to sell. Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, that's a huge component of it. So if you take, if you take that negative energy, that's getting fed into the conversation and then you combine it with the anti remote work crowd, which tends to be, uh, a lot of management, middle management type, uh, business owners, um, people that are in charge of, you know, production and making sure that employees are getting done what they need to get done. There's there's a very real fear factor that if I'm not micromanaging my employees, they're not working. And, you know, that, that informs a lot of their conversation. So when you have these zealots, that are, are pitching remote work and you have these middle managers that are very um, used to micromanagement and you combine them together, it's nothing but name calling back and forth because the micromanagers are fearful and they're attacking the pro remote work crowd because if we go remote work, then I'm going to be a loser as a manager because all I know how to do is micromanage. You have the pro remote work crowd telling the, micro, the micromanager that they're an idiot and um, I think it's just created this unnecessary uh, kind of tension I- around the conversation because the reality of it is, and just like politics and other hot bot- button issues, most of us are in the middle, right? We may be one side or another slightly off middle, but most of us are somewhere in the middle. And that's really the people that need to be having the conversation and talking about it because that's where things are, are going to get done. And in the middle, it's much more nuanced. You know, we don't have the zealots. We don't have the the people that are clinging to old, outdated systems. We have people that are just trying to figure it out. And they want to cut through all that noise that is being had around the conversation to figure out, 
you know, how can this really work best for us? But again, I think our platforms, unfortunately, are just built in such a way where it makes it difficult for those on the middle ground to have intellectual conversation to really gain a deeper understanding of a, of a topic uh, because it's just these these people on both sides that are, are trying to be incendiary um, get the, the lion's share of the voice on social media. And it's, you, you made me think of something when you said that it's like, you know, with a lot of these, these platforms, it's the hot take that rules. Nobody wants to have that nuanced conversation that, that you mentioned. Nobody wants to maybe reconsider like, Hey, there's, there's new information now. So I'm going to slightly change my perspective on this. People want the quick hot take. They want the one liner and let's face it, you know, emotions drive money, you know, emotions drive eyeballs, emotions drive clicks, uh, drive clicks. And then ultimately emotions drive money. Yeah. And that's what these platforms were built for ad revenue. Um, and if they can get people upset, if they can, if they can have someone put out a little piece of content, that's going to get people angry, it's going to blow up because you're going to have the people that support it, that are going to amplify it, but more so you're going to have the people that disagree with it actually amplify it way more um, because they're going to use it and spread it and talk about how horrible it is. And, and it just, again, it washes out any attempt at having real, intellectual conversation about a topic it can be done for sure it's just in incredibly hard and um you know i think more than ever creating environments where that can happen is going to be incredibly important and you know whether it's rethinking how we do conferences and making it more focused on conversation and community rather than rock stars on stage and swag booths you know, maybe that's a way it goes, you know, maybe there are other opportunities we have to have real deep conversation about some of these very, very complex topics that, that have just proven to be incredibly challenging over social media. And so that's one of the things that I'm actually hopeful for, um, hopefully in the next year coming out of, of COVID, um, that we rethink a lot of these times that we're spending more in person with networking events and conferences and other things and seeing if we can spin those a bit to say there's a very real need for people to, to actually collaborate and talk about these topics. Um, can we create an environment and a platform where that can be done? And I know it can happen, whether it happens or not, who knows, but that's one of my hopes for sure. You know, as you were talking there, you know, because because we did like we dove into this topic and we went right to the two extremes. And I agree with you that the majority is in the middle. The majority is looking for balance. Um, you know, while I like, God, was it seven, eight years now? I've been working fully from home. And then, you know, leading up to that, I was working part in the office, part at home. I'd go back and forth. And, and honestly, while my preference is, is to never go back into an office, um, I, I, I recognize that that's not for everyone. But then also I was even thinking, started having kind of visions of the different types of days I have. And it kind of takes us back to where, you know, just part of our, 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 our BSing at the beginning, you know, you know, I was talking about how like, you know, later this month, you know, I'm planning a day where I'm going to be able to work from a coffee shop on the boardwalk 
part of it's to say I did it. Part of it's going to be I have to go down there anyway to to pick up something. Might as well take the the iPad with me and then spend yeah. some time to to do that. But then I also think like there there are days where like that's not even in the question. Like there are some, maybe something urgent has to get done. There's have become rarer and rarer lately but there's just times i just need to get my head down and get stuff stuff done where it's just like i need everybody to leave me alone you know i like mainly like you know you know my wife will take my son out where i just have the house to myself to be able to get work done for a couple of hours and i'm rambling at the moment <laughs> but like i even think within remote work there there's a level of nuance where yeah there are days i need to be here in this office to get yep. stuff done but then there's other days where there's a level of flexibility where i'm grabbing the laptop and and yeah like that's honestly one of the things over the last year and a half like i want to find opportunities to go out and spend some time outside of the office and find those times where maybe it's it's not heavy duty, like grinded out kind of work that needs to get done, like where I have to be focused on something uh, like maybe a major requirements document or something like that or or a presentation where you want the quiet to work on it. But there's still stuff to get done. Yeah. And I think there's a couple ways to to look at it. Um, and I think in order to really make this worthwhile, you have to break the concept that your personal life is a distinct person from your professional life. It's simply untrue. You're the same person through and through. And, and, and once you break that, then that nuance becomes much more interesting because not only is remote work and the flexibility to leave the office and, you know, take the iPad and go sit at the coffee shop and do work, work and important and valuable so is not doing that and and by by that what i mean is some of my biggest breakthroughs some of the most valuable um thoughts and positions that i've come up with have come when i was quote not working so do i not count that as work is that not work time um and so i think it's just as important to say i'm just going to let go of work I'm going to go sit at the beach and smell the salty air. Um, oftentimes it's in those moments where you're like, wait a minute, I just had a thought of how to solve this problem. How incredibly valuable is that? Uh, you know, oftentimes priceless. And so I think it's important to be able to break that mold so that you have all of those options. There are times where I need to be in the office. You know what? Sometimes there's times where I feel like, I need to go find a co-working space because I need to like literally lock myself away from, from things. Um, so we have those options. Um, there are times where it's like, you know what? I kind of just want to go to a destination, maybe go to another city or a location like a beach or a coffee shop and work. Um, and there's other times where it's like, you know what? I'm just going to take the afternoon and go wander around in the forest and sit by a river and it's all work. Right. And, and I know that that's hard to grasp. And again, I, I want to be careful having those conversations because the um, there is definitely a strong cohort of people that will attack that as see you're just that's toxic. You want people to work 24 hours a day, and that's that's absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that you cannot peel apart your professional self and your private self as much as you think, or as much as people say that's what you should do. When you leave work, you should leave work behind. When you come to work, you should leave personal behind. No, like this stuff is all intertwined and you can't pull it apart. And that's where I found remote work to be so incredibly rewarding is that you don't have to pull that apart. 
You know, if, if there's something personal, we have the flexibility. Well, I want to go watch my kid's soccer game in the afternoon and go do that. Right. If I'm not just, if I'm not feeling it one morning and I want to start work at noon, I can do that. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I need a recharge. I'm going to go to the beach for the afternoon. We can do that. And it's, it's all personal. It's all work. Um, and so I think it's important that we kind of break out of that, that concept. Now the struggle is from a burnout perspective, what wins too much and when are we shutting off? But if we see it like that, I, I don't think we're even getting anywhere close to that state because if we see it just as valuable that Jim's sitting in front of his computer in his home office typing, that's just as valuable as Jim sitting on the boardwalk with an ice cream cone you're never going to burn out, right? Because you're going to be taking those opportunities to just let it go. And here's the paradox of it all that we kind of started the conversation with. That's work. That's extremely valuable. And smart employers and smart clients know that Jim on the boardwalk with an ice cream in his hand is going to result in massive value for me. It just works that way. It seems nonsensical, but it absolutely works. We've seen it for nine straight years work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll tell you this, like for, for me, like heading to heading to the beach, part of the fun is the drive. It's getting in the car and having an hour and a half where I'll either pop a podcast on pop music on. And it takes me back to almost being a kid with the anticipation of taking that, that, that drive down and, and heading down. Cause these are places I've been going to since I was a kid and it kind of brings that back and it gives me a chance to get away from screens because I'm driving. I have, you know, I can't be touching a screen. So it gets away. You know, it helps me clear my head. And yeah, I mean, there, there, there was a point several, several years ago where I was, I was in a bad state and I would just make that drive just to make the drive, like just, just to, to get away from everything. Yeah. And again, I think, that's the beauty that i mean we're kind of wrapping a lot of things around remote work but the beauty of what remote work offers is is really not the remote aspect of it it's the autonomy aspect of it and 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 getting to a place where you feel comfortable to design how you want and need to work and that's what so many people in an office suffer from the opposite of that in that you know, if those days where it's like, I just need to get out and drive, it's like, well, where's Jim? Jim's not sitting at his desk. Well, this is weird. Like he must not be a team player. What's, you know, he's just out messing around. Like that's the, that's the thought process. So if you're home and you have that autonomy, you you have a lot, you have a much bigger sense of being able to do that and own that. And again, it's what makes it so incredibly valuable as an employer, as a client, as a customer, knowing that Jim has that autonomy. I know I'm going to get the best out of Jim. We're kind of repeating yeah, like similar themes here, but to me, that really is the nugget of the conversation. Yeah, no. And I, I like how you brought up, you know, it, it does come down to the autonomy because where I wanted to start wrapping this up was, as we talked about the extremes on either side, and I was trying to think of a way to phrase this question, but it's how do people become so attached to the extremes of, of this argument? Either it is 100% remote work and that is the only thing, or it's 100% back in the office at, at a set number of, of hours and, and, and a set time frame. And I think you answered the question before I could ask it. It's 
the autonomy piece. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the reasons why people become not the, I, I work better in the office. I just, I, I need that, that walk out of the house in the morning. I need to, you know, actually leave the house, go to somewhere that's dedicated to work. That's what works for me. It's beyond that. It's where everybody must be coming in. It's the, the, you said it, it's the autonomy, you know, like, um, I can't allow employees to design their day if I don't, because then I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that really is the conversation that, that, that needs to be had. And to your point, like, why are we kind of polarized one way or another? I think it's like so many things we just don't understand. We don't understand the gradient, the nuance in between. We don't have the information or the tools to help understand where we, we need to be. And so we cling to one of these extremes that feels more comfortable for us. And so what we really need to be doing is if we're a manager, spending time understanding how can I be more humanistic with my team and focus on what my team is doing rather than than babysitting them and trying to keep eyes on them. If an, I'm in, if I'm an employee, I need to be thinking about, you know, how best do, do I work? and um, is it that I need the structure of the office? And we talked about this a lot on our last episode, but is it, you know, are there things that maybe I should be more open-minded about? I think there are a lot of people that have pushed off remote work saying it's not for me, but again, it's because they're identifying with one of the polar extremes and haven't really spent the time to say, well, maybe it is for me. I just don't have the right tools or the right frameworks for thinking about this. And maybe if I thought about it and applied Maybe it is for me. I don't know. And so, you know, that's what I would hope people walk away from this conversation with is avoid those extreme voices. It, it, it just doesn't do any of us any good and really take the time to think through, am I being honest with myself? Am I just aligning with pro remote or anti remote because it's comfortable for me? Um, and sh would it benefit me from really spending time to understand what does it look like? Because here's the reality. It, the landscape of work is changing. Um, whether we like it or not, it, 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 is, it has changed and it will continue to change and evolve. And as an employee, as a business owner, as a manager, those that are going to be successful will figure out how to continually innovate and be creative within a changing landscape. So we can cling hard to say, we have to be all office all the time. It's what works for me. The reality is, is that system is changing drastically for knowledge workers. So even if you are in that camp and, and you think you have strong arguments for it, it would benefit you just to spend some time to be honest with yourself and saying, maybe I'm just choosing that because it's the comfortable choice. Maybe I need to be uncomfortable because it's going to suit my business, my career, my employees better to be a bit more open-minded about what the future looks like. One last question. Cause I don't want okay. to take away from that. Cause you really summed it up really well, but just one additional thing for like, what would be your advice to those that are turned off by the loud voices in this argument? Like it's, I'm trying to think of like a, a good example of it, but like when you have something as divisive as this topic and you have the loudest voices are one way or no way, and you have those that are looking for like genuine information on it, you know, and 
it, yeah. it, the, those extreme voices can turn them off. So then they don't want to seek any information. So they f- fall into the same old habits. That's right. What would you say to those people that are looking for a genuine conversation around which way would suit them best? Literally shut off those voices, mute, mute filters, blocking. Absolutely. It's the same advice that I have for family members. Turn off CNN, turn off Fox news. Don't listen to Sean Hannity. Don't like on one hand, you're either going to get the news that you want to hear that that's, that reinforces your existing beliefs, uh, or you're going to hear something that angers you, which is going to reinforce your existing beliefs, and you're just going to dig deeper. Like, shut all that off. Like, those are on the extremes. And the same as with this argument. Like, if you're finding people, and you will, on both sides of this argument, they're extremes, block them out. Like, start to clean up your feeds. Um, I guarantee you there are really good conversations happening out there around this topic. Um, And there are very insightful, balanced conversations happening where people truly want to be open to understanding how can I learn more so I can be a better leader, so I can be a better employee, so I can position my business for the future with remote work as a key aspect of that. Um, Those conversations are there, but if you have all these voices yelling and blaring, it's going to be drowned out. You have to find ways literally to shut those voices off. And for me, that was the mute filter, the block button. Absolutely. I felt bad about it in the beginning, but I no longer feel bad. Like this is my time. This is my attention. This is my energy. I should be able to help control what I get. And I want knowledge. I don't want to be screamed at by these zealots on either side. It does me no good. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said earlier, no matter what the topic is, when you have people that are that like, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's another kind of religious word um, and not dedicated, but it's long dedicated. Like the, that people that are that dedicated to the cause, mm-hmm. they don't want to have an intellectual no. debate. Their side is always right. The other side is always wrong. There's there's no in between. Yeah, they want to make it emotional so that they either demonize the person they're talking with or they further um, entrench the people that are on their side. That's yeah. that's all they're trying to do. They're not trying to educate. They're not trying to make people smarter. They're not trying to get people to think it's that's not their MO. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, th- this was fun. I, it, it went off a little differently than I yeah, thought. Yeah, I mean, we went, but... we went down a little, we mentioned politics and that's always scary, but yeah. you know, if there's a similar vein there. Oh, it, it, it's a, it's a total, to- total thing there. Like, and that, that's my whole thing with, with politics is just, I don't listen to either extreme sides of the argument. I, you know, I want to talk to the people in the middle that want to have a genuine intellectual conversation, not the people that want to cheerlead for their team and demonize the other. And I think just one last thing to know, it's important that you make that decision because not only do they, are they not there to educate you? They are there to sell something. They're not doing it to like create division. They're not doing it to demonize people. Their number one motive for being on one of these extremes is to sell something. Yeah. Either their personal brand, a book, uh, you know, appearance fees. They are selling something for themselves. Just mm-hmm. remember that. And that's the one thing coming into this conversation I had thought of with, with people on either side of this argument is them selling something. But, you know, I, I and I'm kind of kicking myself because it's like, yeah, everybody's got something to sell because you're right. Yeah. It's with the emotions they're trying to they're trying to get you hyped up about something, bought into something to, so they can, you know, 
Yep. You know, sell you something. I have ads to sell. I have books to sell. There's yeah. endless things they can sell you with your attention. I got courses to sell. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's it. It's crazy. Yeah. But no, this was, this is really fun. This is, yeah. this is really I, fun. Yeah, it's a good conversation. Cool. Well, right. thank you much, and we'll catch everybody later. See you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.